Exo Team, we live? We are. Okay, good. Uh, well, Exo Live is happening. It's Monday, October the 9th, and we are talking with uh, Dave and Ashley today, the, the premier Exo contributors, speakers, writers, authors, podcasters, and having a good time. Today, just going to be talking through some, some things happening in the world of marriage, uh, the world of the Willis family, and also just kind of talking about what's coming up. I'm also asking if you're out there and you have some questions for any of us, Obviously, Dave and Ashley are the, the, the real deal when it comes to answering marriage questions. They can ask, you can ask them questions on sex, in-laws, uh, communication, finances, uh, fitness. I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be in the world of like CrossFit or just general stretching, but they can, <laughs> they can answer questions that you have out there. So make sure you ask those questions today. And the reason we're going live is because uh, we really want this to be a real-time look at what's happening at XO, what's going on in the world uh, of marriage. And my name is Brent Evans. I'm the CEO. I've been with the ministry for 18 years and really love uh, helping couples every single day get better in their marriage, not just when they're in crisis, but also whenever it's just time to just have a conversation about uh, what's for dinner tonight. You don't want to break down and have it, have it be a full-on, uh, full-tilt fight just because you asked uh, what you want for dinner. And sometimes it's just the little things that add up. And uh, that's why every single day you need XO in your life, just, just, just to help you along the way. Uh, so hello, good morning, good afternoon, because you guys are in Augusta. Dave and Ashley Willis, what's going on? Oh. It is a delight. It's delightful. To be here. <laughs> Brent, you're looking as handsome as ever. I like that new XO hat. Oh, hat. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that right away. We need to get you one of those hats. I love it. I do. I have a little hat envy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, We're good. In, all, in, in real time, though, we just um, got back from New York City with my side of the family last night. We yeah. got home at like 1230. Quick weekend, weekend <laughs> fall like break midnight. trip with Ashley's family. And um, and it was a whirlwind. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. And then, you know, we're standing with Israel today. I got my Jerusalem shirt That's on. Right. I see Amen. Taiwan there next to you. Taiwan. There we Ty, go. Ty and I and Ashley were just there. This summer, we've got, you know, friends over there now. Really, um, really struggling, obviously. And, yeah, our, our prayers with... With Israel, for yeah. sure. So talk through that. You were just on a local station, or you were with somebody talking to them about what's going on in Israel. Just just a quick snapshot on what happened this morning with you in the interview. Yeah, yeah. So our, our, our church has some, um, you know, local news connections, and they're, whenever there's, a, like, a, a global story, they're, they're looking for any kind of local connection. And, and so they asked, since we had just been there, and we've got some folks over there now that we're in contact with, uh, they just sat down with me for a few minutes to talk about some of the families that we're connected to over there and what they're going through and what their perspective is kind of being on the ground in the middle of the crisis and just telling folks here in America uh, how how we can be praying and supporting yeah. um, Israel right now because I think all of us have a responsibility to to do something. If all we can do is pray, then pray. And if we can do more than that, you know, financially or otherwise, then yeah. we need to just let them know that that we're, we are with them. I think the American church right now feels uh, kind of like they want to do everything they possibly can to understand what's happening over there and respond and give support and love. And I know it's, it's one of those things where since we're not, since we're in America, you know, I'm in Texas, I'm not exactly sure. The news makes it look one way, but you guys are talking to people that are actually on the ground. So talk, talk about maybe what's happening right now that would be uh, a correlation with people's world here 
and on daily life, like what they're experiencing right now in Israel. Yeah. They're scared. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the folks there, you know, they're, 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 tough. they're tough, they're resilient, yeah. they live on guard because yes, everybody around right. them wants to destroy them, it feels like. Um, but, even, but it's unpredictable. I think that's what's yeah. so scary about it. But and even what they've experienced, they've experienced so much. But what what they're experiencing now, it really is something very different than than the norm. Um, you know, more more Jews have been killed over this past weekend than at any other time since the Holocaust. Um, the, do you want me to share a number that the last I heard from our friends there? Yeah. What do you okay. got? Okay. So last they posted, um, it was eight hundred plus. And there's mm. many people, like many hundreds missing. Yeah, yeah I've so heard over a thousand already. Very, so it's just, probably and then plus, since that post. Plus, yeah. you know, that, it, the, the death toll is going to be high it will be. For, the, yeah. for the Palestinians, for yeah. the Jews, the civilians, because Hamas is a terror organization. This isn't like, this isn't like Arab against Jew. This isn't like an ethnic war. This is really terrorist against civilian. Mm-hmm. Because we've right. got friends over there who are Muslim, Christians, who are Muslims, who are, mm-hmm. who are Jewish, and... Um, most people over there want peace. They they want to just live in peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there there are these terrorists that just refuse to let that happen. And so this war that's going on right now is it's something really unprecedented. But our friends who are over there, um, we've got some a Christian family, the Pollock family, Tuvia and Elishiva Pollock, and we they listen to the Naked Marriage podcast. Yes. They love XO. We've they, gotten to meet them in person. They're part of a yeah. church. They're, oh yeah, sweet yeah. people. They're part of a. They help lead a church in Jerusalem. But um, they have a young family. You know, their oldest son is of military age, and everyone in Israel, once they hit 18, boys and girls, they have to serve in the yeah. military, and they can, they count it an honor. And he's serving right now. And so, I mean, if you've got an 18, 19-year-old kid who's in the mix of this, you can imagine, you know, that that, that, right. that would just... I can't, I can't imagine. Well, yeah, we, we have an eighteen-year-old. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it hits home when you think about what if that was Cooper. And I remember um, Ellie Shiva was saying uh, in a post on Instagram, she was saying, you know, he was up for vacation. He was supposed to have, I think, several weeks of vacation. And obviously, now it's all hands on deck with sure, the military. Yeah. And and I mean, and they're like they've said they counted an honor. It is a, it's 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 a duty that they want to fulfill. And um, you know, so I mean, they they are. They're very brave people and um, very resilient people. And we know that, I mean, we know that from even the biblical times. Like, we know they're resilient people. But even still, I think with the just unpredictable and savage nature of what's happening, it, it's just terrifying. I mean, I, I saw reports of them, um, of this organization, grabbing kids and, yeah. and oh, women yeah. and men just, off the streets, hiding things. them in a tunnel and doing who knows what. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just that, that is, that's, that, that'll keep you up at night, mm. you know? Yeah. So Brent, with your, your dad and pastor Ed and pastor Jimmy's trip coming up, is that where, where are they with all of that? Cause I know, um, right now things are still happening in real time, yeah. but yeah. So that, that's, that's a great question. Somebody texted me last night. They're going on the trip. They yeah. wanted an update. That's a very, very important question right now. I wish I had a great answer because of the nature of the trip when it's coming up. It's actually still, yeah. you know, five or six weeks away yeah. that there's time for this to kind of resolve at some point, true, true. especially in true. the areas yeah. where there's tourism. Yeah. I don't feel like they want this to be uh, an impact, obviously, on the country for a long period of time. Uh, not that that's mm-hmm. the primary goal is tourism, but, you know, there is a lot of people that go in and out of, of, of Israel even yeah. just for business. Well, it's how a lot of those folks make a living too. So, yeah. I mean, there's just the economic 
that's a real need. You know, yeah. a lot of our friends over there don't have a way to make income if there's no tourism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. So, I actually called my little sister, one of my, this morning. She lives in the center of Tel Aviv. Um, and she's oh. out, she's out kind of now in northern part. And she said it's just kind of hard to try to live life as normal while processing at any moment something can shift and mm. something could happen. Yeah. But I think the thing that's really, really cool, she doesn't personally believe in Jesus. Um, but what was really cool about it is before we hung up the phone, she said, can you and the churches just be praying for us? Like, can y'all reach out and wow. help? Yeah. So yeah. it's unifying at the same time. And I think that's something that's really, really beautiful to see in the in the landscape of it as well. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so That's a good point. The trip, uh, we'll, we'll be communicating soon. Inspiration Tours is keeping us updated. And they did say that sometimes these kinds of things can escalate and de-escalate just as quickly. So we're just definitely praying to make sure that, you know, there's there's safety for the people of, of Israel and that um, obviously the death toll, we don't want that to climb anymore in Jesus' name. But the, the uh, trip, once we've been able to get, you know, some grounding on communication and what's going to happen, we'll let that you know, kind of go out there. But definitely you guys do a tour every year. Uh, it's a great experience. We want people to feel like it's a safe experience as well. And we'll be communicating that uh, coming up here pretty soon. So don't don't yet, you know, make a change in your plans. Uh, you know, stay yeah, tuned. Don't all panic. That. No, don't panic. Um, so we have, uh, and I like talking about the Israel stuff because it is on the hearts and minds of everyone out there. We we are living in a world where news happens so quickly and it goes so far and so fast. And so that's great that we talked about it because that's why we're doing this live so we can talk about real time things. And um, I do want to shift to marriage. Uh, because you guys are marriage experts, and you have, uh, the, that I know, the, the best marriage podcast on the planet, uh, the Naked <laughs> Marriage Podcast. Uh, and so we have some people that are coming on, uh, and Tay-Tay from in the, in the chat saying, God is in control. Uh, they pray, she's praying for Israel. And we have some questions, though, on marriage. And if you're in the queue, if you're in the chat, and you want to ask questions, please please do so. Also, let us know where you're from. But I have a question from Peter who says, um, how do you deal with a hen-pecking spouse? I, I think that's a, a little bit of a, um, a nagging wife kind of comment. You know, how do you yeah. deal with somebody that's that's just constantly on you about stuff? I'm not going to fib to you. I had to, I had to Google it. It says, browbeaten, bullied, or intimidated by one's Ooh. wife or girlfriend. It's an old-timey word, actually. Yeah. It's actually not a, it's not a current you know, it's not not like the word riz or drippy. I, like, <laughs> I know, I know. But I like henpecking. It, it, it gives yeah. you that picture, it you does. know. And, man, I, I will tell you this, Brent, your dad, one of my favorite talks, I mean, I, I love all his talks, but in one of my favorite talks that he's done, and people can, I think, go to YouTube and see this, um, he talks about a dominating spouse, and um, and he kind of talks about this whole, like, like browbeating and yeah. nagging and controlling and, he, he does this thing where he basically um, asks the audience, he's like, you know, how many of you had a dominant parent? And people raise their hands. And then he said, like, out of you guys who had a dominant parent, and there was a lot that had a dominant parent, like they saw that kind of dynamic in their home. He said, and he'll ask the question, well, how many of you with dominant parents felt like that was a good dynamic, like that your family benefited from that? And no one raises their hands because it's yeah. so toxic. And, um, you know, this is something that I think so many of us uh, either were in that kind of marriage or maybe we grew up watching our parents have that kind of marriage. And I can just say that it is, it's very damaging. I think what happens is um, 
the one who is the hen pecker. Okay. That, that, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh my gosh. Hens the don't one, have those. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome the everyone. One, Exo Live. Welcome everybody. Welcome <laughs> to it. I think you mean a rooster. It's, Roosters it's, have those. I think. No, <laughs> you're so silly. You said, oh, my face is probably so red right now. Okay. Naked Marriage Podcast. We talk about this stuff all the time. But anyway. <laughs> we um, don't talk about bird anatomy on the but, podcast. Well, this. Pecking is what he's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, peck, peck, peck. Okay. Oh. So anyway, uh, the one who is basically nitpicking is what we would yeah, say. Nagging. Yeah. Nagging, nitpicking, bullying. I think in their mind, they tell themselves, I'm making him better. I'm making her better. Like, I really no. think that's what yeah. they think, but really it's control. It's all it, about yeah. control. And it's about, it's really keeping them down. Like it, it really is so well, damaging. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Um, Book yeah. of Proverbs says it's better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. Mm. Yep, straight um, out of the Bible. And then it says that same verse again, like in another way, like, you know, it's better to live like in a corner of, I forget exactly. It's, yeah. it's like the same thing said twice. You know, you, you're better to be out in the rain alone than in a house with a nagging spouse. Now, I don't, I don't, it does say nagging wife in the Bible, but I do think men can be nagging. Of course, too. yeah. Well, Absolutely. The, you get it, that, that, Proverbs was ri- originally written kind of an audience sure. of young men, sure, yes. but the principles there obviously yeah. can be interchangeable, a nagging spouse. So just that spirit of criticism, mm-hmm. you ever been around somebody that just acts like they have the spiritual gift of criticism? <laughs> like, you know, they just, they feel so. Well, because they think they're making people yeah. better. Well, they think they're... they have discernment, Yes, which in their mind means they, they notice the negative in everybody and point it out always. And that's not a real thing. But the gift of encouragement is that we're called mm-hmm. to be encouragers. And so people that choose to be their spouse's biggest encourager have a thriving marriage most yeah. of the time. People who choose to be their spouse's biggest critic, even if they think they're doing it to try to improve their spouse, almost every time there's tension and turmoil and resentment and disconnection and so what do you do? Like coming back to this guy's question, like, all right, yeah, I get it. It's bad. My wife keeps doing it to me yeah, and I'm just over it. Like, what do you do? Sweetie, like as a, as a wife, and mm-hmm. you never do this to me and I'm so thankful you're such an encourager, but you know, understanding maybe more kind of, uh, how, how wives might think about these sort of things. Yeah. What could a husband do if his wife is always nagging, nitpicking? What could he do? that his wife might respond to to help her see that, hey, this isn't helpful. What you're doing, in fact, it's hurtful. Right. And it's making me want to run from you instead of... instead of. I think you have to be that honest about how it makes you feel. I, you know, we talk a lot about, and this is something they teach you kind of in marital counseling, but using the I statements instead of you statements. Because mm-hmm. um, you could say, you know, you you are such a bully. You are nitpicking me. You're always finding the negative. Like, I mean, and that is what's happening here, clearly. But instead, say, hey, you know, sweetie, honey, babe, whatever you call your, your wife, listen, like, I feel, when, when you say things like that, it makes me feel so beaten down. I feel like I can't do anything right. I feel like you only see the negative in me. And uh, I, I don't know how to change that because, you know, I'm, I'm just being myself. Because I think sometimes as spouses, there's little things that make it under our skin that our spouse does. But, I mean, gosh, if we point out every little thing, that's all we're going to see all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just adding to the list of, like, the negative things. And and I just think you have to tell her how it really makes you feel. And then I think it's important to kind of uh, help our spouse to see what it would feel like if, if they were in our shoes. Like, you know, how would you feel if I was constantly pointing out just little things that got under my skin or little things I thought you did wrong all the time? 
um, would that make you feel good? And I mean, maybe in the moment she's, you know, might be like, well, yes, it would because you're trying to make me better. And I would say this, listen, most people, I mean, there's like neuroscience behind this. Nagging rarely leads to change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with, with our spouse, but also with our kids. I, I mean, and I think that sometimes we can realize this with our, when we're parenting our kids, but we forget it when we're talking to our spouse and we're not our spouse's parent. I think nagging becomes very parental, even though it's not even a very good parenting uh, way. But I do think it puts you in almost a parenting posture, which is a completely unhealthy dynamic as well. And it is a bullying. It's a way of bullying. And that's not what we're called to do. We're called to cherish our spouse. We're called to, I mean, yes, we have to point out when something's really a problem. But more than anything, we have to be encouragers. Because here's the deal. The more that we encourage our spouse and show them that we see the good in them, when we actually do have to address something that is an issue, they're going to listen more. Mm -hmm. But if we're constantly nagging and, and we're just always seeing the negative and, and kind of bullying our spouse when, when, you know, there really is something to address, they're just going to shut down. And that's, that's probably what this husband feels like is, is like, I'm numb to this. Like I just, I'm just shutting down. And it's a huge, uh, it builds a wall between a husband and wife and it really kills the intimacy too, because I mean, Mm -hmm. you just don't feel loved. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think in those moments, sometimes with a nagging spouse, uh, a, a wife who's henpecking, maybe I can speak it from a husband's perspective. Stephanie doesn't really do this at all, but um, I do know the way I feel about if anybody in my life is, is nagging is, you know, it's going to turn me off way more than it turns me yes. on. There's oh, nothing yeah. that they're going to say that makes me go, you know what? You're right. I'm going to get <laughs> better right. at, at the laundry, at, you know, whatever else around the house I need to do, just because you've been on my butt, uh, you know, for two days. You know, most of the time it right. just makes you resent them, as opposed to, I do agree with the encouragement, you know, if if Stephanie came up to me and said, you know, man, I just love the way you do X, Y, or Z around the house, it would make me want to do more around the house to showcase. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and for sure. It, we- and then letting God kind of handle some of the conviction on a husband as well, or let other, sure. pe- other people call him out that, you know, obviously can have a, a place in his life like a pastor. And uh, Peter's saying that is, that is a great answer, and he can forward this to his wife. So thanks, Peter, Peter for the question. Um, I do want to shift yeah. to another question that came in from DB. Uh, he's from Detroit, Michigan, or, or she, or he, DB. I guess I just assumed that those were masculine initials, but it could be a, f- a female as well. How do you rebuild trust in a marriage when your mate feels like you continually let them down by not showing up for them in the earlier years of your marriage? Um, so build, rebuilding trust after a period of time where there's been some, some disappointment. Just a, just a quick answer on that. What do you guys feel about that? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, before I answer, um, when we were talking about old words like henpecking, can I just say I want to bring back an old word because you have it and it's moxie. Mm. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> She's got moxie. I, From the roaring 20s. I've, I've yeah. heard people. You've got real you moxie, got moxie. <laughs> So anyway, that's just uh, on my mind randomly. That's oh, ADD coming through. I don't through. know why. It's that radio right. voice. Yeah, Trust. Yeah. Can I do it in the 1920s voice? I, I think it's not going to resonate as well, but you okay. do a really good 1920s <laughs> voice. You do. Well, no, you're too kind. Um, trust. So Jimmy Evans, to cite him again, has a great quote on trust. He says, trust is built in drops and lost in buckets. Mm-hmm. That always resonates with me. Yes, it does. Um, that, that imagery, because that is how trust is built. Drop, 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 one little action at a time, but we can lose it all at once. And if, if, uh, if, we've, if you've dumped out those buckets of trust early in your marriage, it might seem like you're always on empty. 
But what you need to do is just be consistent. That's the only way to rebuild trust is through consistency. You can't build trust based on what you say you're going to do or what you promise to do. It can only be on what you do and do consistently. And if you're doing it consistently and your spouse still doesn't seem to be giving you the trust, you might need to sit down with them and say, listen, I know that I made mistakes early on. I know that I did things to damage your trust, but um, I'm changing. Like I've, I'm proving to you that I'm trustworthy. I'm doing things right. I'm, I'm doing everything I know how to do to be consistent. If there's something more I can do that would genuinely earn your trust, please tell me what that is, and I will do that as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're punishing me for things that happened long ago that I can't do anything to change. Mm-hmm. All I can do is work in the present to build trust, build intimacy, and to be the kind of spouse you need and deserve. And I'm asking you to give me the chance to do that. And um, I think that that could lead to some conversations because your spouse might not even realize that right. they're alienating you by having these walls up. So sometimes you just need to you need to just talk about it. Sure, yeah. That's great. You guys are really good on a Monday morning. Yeah, they're great. Um, you're too kind. <laughs> you guys are. So, uh, so I have a question from Tete, who is actually from Destin, Florida, and she says, I've been listening to Dave and Ashley for a few years now. I love them so much. I have loved everyone that's been part of EXO Marriage. God bless well, you thanks, all. So, Tay-Tay. yes, thank you so much. But she says, what about a spouse that spends all of his free time gaming or spending time with online friends? I've tried everything. I'm left just yeah. praying for him. This Does she for cancel you, the Internet? <laughs> Just just hide the controllers and cancel the internet. That'll that'll solve the problem. No, this is Ashley's gold. She loves it. Ashley, <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna get out of the way. I have a video on this part. I got a little too passionate. Ashley has strong feelings about really lots of things. She can be really mild mannered. I, do. I don't. But he says I have a list. She has a running list of know. things that like I'm super easy going. She has but I do have uh, a list. <laughs> an unnatural disdain for certain things, and. And one of the things on this list is men playing video games. Not just men. It's not just men. I think it's people who play them in excess, okay? Right, which, but... I've gotten a little better about this. Can I explain a little bit? So, <laughs> so like, I don't know if you've gotten better. So, I don't play video games because I enjoy you having sex. And you so, like, I don't... So, I'm happy to put the controller down uh, and because it's not that big of a thing to me. But I just saw, like, oh, this... This is like a real turnoff for her. Now, I'll still every now and then play with the, the boys just as a time to kind of bond with them. I'll, I'll pick up, you know, whatever they're playing and do do some Mario Kart or yeah, something just yeah. to play with them. But even that's pretty rare. Um, but, sweetie, you've got strong feelings about this. Well, and I, I know I need to temper my feelings, okay? Because, I mean, not everybody Don't has Don't tell this. her to just divorce him because no. you've like... No, just I, leave would him. Never say, I would never leave say him. that. I Here's the deal. I know we all have our hobbies. Like, I have my own hobbies, and... Um, I don't think gaming is a bad hobby in and of itself. I mean, to be honest with you guys, all four of our boys like gaming. Like, they all like gaming. Now, this is something where, uh, you know, because I know what damage it can do to a marriage, just like anything, any other hobby that's done in excess, golfing, um, just any, you know, for, like, going out with your friends. You know, like, if, if your hobby is going and, you know, just being away from Let's your house. Let's just do all or, the things that you want to do. Your house. I'm just kidding. You said golf. You said golfing. <laughs> I like golfing too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just attack Brent. Let's just attack what Brent. else? Yeah. Do oh my gosh! No, Brent. but I but I hear I hear golfing because it does take significant it time. Does. You're right. It, anything that can take you outside of the home. But see, the thing with gaming is you're usually in your home, mm-hmm. and where I see husbands and wives who it's usually it usually is a wife who's like my husband, 
is just really into gaming and he can be right in our house and life is happening around him, but he's in his gaming world. And, um, and now that we have VR, literally people can have on their VR, you know, thing and they're just lost in this world and they can feel, you know, it feels for the person who is a gamer who maybe is maybe doing this in excess for the person who doesn't game. I'll tell you it, the spouses that do not game and are watching their spouse do this, they feel cheated of time. Yeah. They feel like you're choosing a virtual world over your real world. And I know gaming is something that, um, just like any hobby, it kind of takes us to a place where we feel like we're winning. I think that's right. why people are drawn to games. Well, I think, Rook, to interject real quick, I think I think men, speaking as, as a guy, sure. we're drawn to activities and places where the, the rules are clearly defined and we feel like we're, we can win. So, right. you know, and the stuff that guys are drawn to, you know, whether it's like sports or fantasy football or gaming um, or, you know, making money at work, it, it's all stuff that you can kind of count. There's a scoreboard of some kind. Right. And you feel like, okay, I'm winning or this is what I need to do to win. And these are clearly the rules and the outlines, the boundaries are clearly yeah. marked and there's, that's where the end zone is or that's how I win. And we're drawn to that and we want to compete and win in those environments. And at home where things matter the most, there's not a scoreboard that's clear to see. There, there right. aren't those kind of metrics aren't there so we don't know if we're winning or losing and and so for men to challenge you real quick guys listen winning in a virtual world is never ever gonna take the place of of winning in the real world like with your with your spouse with your kids where it matters most yeah and i know that sometimes it's harder to measure am i even winning at home but i think you've got to define together with your spouse what does winning look like here at home like what what does that mean and how can we win together instead of feeling like you've got to pull away from each other and go win in these hobbies because you feel like you're not winning at the house right well relationships are not quantitative they're qualitative like you're you're looking at quality here the quality of your relationship and i would say you know here's some tips kind of to just help with the situation. I would say you need to be honest with your husband about the the time away that is happening when he's gaming. Because in his mind, he's like, well, I'm in the house. It's not like I'm going out. I'm not at a bar somewhere. Like, I mean, that's these are some of the arguments we hear is like, yeah. well, I mean, I could be out drinking with the buddies, but instead I'm here with you gaming. It's I'm in a safe environment. I'm just playing games. And then, you know, so I would say, listen, I get it. Like, and I, I'm glad you like your games, but I feel like you, you're physically here, but you're not mentally and emotionally here and it's damaging our relationship because I feel like it's a disconnect and I would say if you can play together sometimes play together that's great but what's even better is taking out your calendar and and really looking at like keeping like I would challenge your spouse to keep a schedule of how much he's gaming because he probably doesn't even realize how much he's actually gaming and then say see the time that you're spending gaming when, when was the last time we had a good conversation? When's the last time we went on a date night or had dinner as a family? And this isn't to guilt him, but it's just to, to really be um, an epiphany for him, like to recognize the blind spot. Because, you know, when we are engaged in something we really enjoy doing, it becomes, you know, we, we make excuses for ourselves. We're like, it's not that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, anyway, and this isn't to beat up on guys. I think there's things women do too. Maybe it is gaming for some mm-hmm. of you ladies, but I think we have things we have to rein in as well. And really take a look at our schedule because I'm telling you, look at your schedule and you'll see what you value, like what you're spending your time yeah. on. And I think all of us have to to monitor and adjust with this, especially if we want to have a thriving marriage. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll, I'll speak at it from a gamer perspective because, you know, when I first got married, I was 1990, this was 1998. There was a game. It was on N64. It was a James Bond game. And my buddies would come over. We'd play the, the, the James Bond Goldeneye oh, I game. I and, was and it good? Is that a good game? I never heard it of. was groundbreaking. It was amazing. But the uh, and then there was in my 
20s and 30s a time where I just basically gave up gaming completely. Like it was not, I, I wasn't capable of learning and doing my, my job and, and really investing the time I wanted to in church and work and yeah. uh, relationship to be able to do all of that. And then the kids came along and at some point uh, my kids wanted a PS3 at the time. And then as I got into uh, sort of a season of my life where I had the ability to play games with my kids, especially like the, the Nintendo games, the Mario Kart and stuff, I kind of started dipping my toe back in the water. Well, there was a game on PS4 that I got uh, called Uncharted. It was it was um, good yeah. game. It came out on PS3, but the PS4 Uncharted 4 game, I loved it. And <laughs> there was another game called The Last of Us that I also loved as well. Also a good one. And you know, it's almost like playing in a movie. So I kind of got back into the gaming world, and I found myself um, on Uncharted 4. They have like this online, you know, multiplayer role. And I absolutely found myself in a big time suck of, of playing that game because it was enjoyable. I was good at it. I was able to kind of go on. You're talking to people. You're talking smack with people you know, don't even know. And you're, you're able to kind of build uh, some camaraderie on there. Mm -hmm. And it does feel good. But then I realized how much time I was wasting on there. And when my kids were young, like baby phase, it was okay because that was a time where I wasn't necessarily always needed for their you know, personal development. So I could spend a couple of hours doing it and not feel totally ashamed about it. But as time went on, I began to do the math and realize that the time I was spending on this game was not leading to any kind of real-world results. It was, just, it was just a thing that I was able to enjoy for a period of time. Got a lot of uh, fun out of it, a lot of entertainment, but I did, I did have to put some guardrails. So today, I'll just speak for my own personal uh, experience. Today, like last night, I played, there's a game on PS5, uh, it's a PGA 2K23 game. I go online and I play a uh, golf game on there. I told Stephanie last night, hey, I just want to go upstairs, play for a little while. The kids are kind of already winding, winding down. Our kids are older now. So um, I really, really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I can enjoy going on. I like, I like the, the mechanics, the way it all works. Um, but I have to set limits on it. Otherwise, yeah. um, it, it can lead to me failing in other areas of my life, which is just honestly embarrassing if that happens to you if I've, i used to hear of guys losing their jobs because they stayed up all night yeah. gaming and i thought yeah. who in the right mind could could do that but then i realized i was going down a path where you know i was staying up late for certain periods of time because i was just I, I needed to finish a level or i wanted to do more uh more matches and i could see that happening but i i would say out there in the universe of exo all you couples if your guys spending a lot of time gaming or girls um if, if they are investing in all the right areas, so if y'all are spending time together doing date nights, if there's a healthy relationship there, you need to give them the freedom to do some of that from time to time because sure. it really is helpful. But if you're out there and your spouse is saying, you're not giving me enough time, you need to meet that need now and make sure that's good before you go back online and do the gaming because you absolutely do not want to lose your marriage over an online uh, world. And I get how addicting it is. It is very, very addicting but it's just not worth it. And if you're a responsible adult, human being in society, and if you're not in esports making tons of money doing <laughs> it, um, I would say that just put some limits on it. Make sure you're taking care of business first. And Dave yeah. knows what he, what business means. Make sure you're taking care of business in the bedroom too. <laughs> Amen. Put down the controller. <laughs> pick up the candles. Light, yeah. light some candles. And um, and I think that applies also to like phones. People on their phones all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just, just put this stuff down. I was down. just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 
Well, no, I was just going to say, like, I feel like TikTok can be a time sucker. I mean, I think, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the different social media forums, pod, listening to podcasts and, I mean, all that kind of stuff, like, I mean, we all need... Except for this one. These aren't... You can't <laughs> over-listen to <laughs> anything from XO. Well, the thing about it is we all need those moments where where we're taken, you know, kind of out of the norm just to have a moment of reprieve. And I think that's what gaming does for people. And it's competitive, too. You know, I think... I get it. And I think that, uh, you know, things like, you know, gaming and social media and all these different things, different hobbies are good. Like, they're not bad things in and of themselves. But I just... I love what you said, Bert, about time limits. I think it's just... We all need to be aware of of what's maybe hurting our relationship, like what's yeah. taking time away from our from the most important people in our life. Yeah, I think so a bonus true. bonus question to it that we could ask, um, Dave and Ashley, what are some practical steps if you feel like your spouse or you are using this as an escape to get away from the conversations that are needed to happen? What are some some mm-hmm. tips and steps good. that people could take there? Good bonus question. Yeah, really good. You're wise beyond your years, Taiwan. Yes. I'm learning from what David. What a good Dave. husband you will be to Chloe <laughs> in just a few months. That's right. I'm so excited for you too. Um, I do think that all of us have tendencies and temptations to have have escapes that can become unhealthy. Now, all of us also need time to be able to get away alone to recharge, whatever that looks like for you. And for some people, some video game time might be what they need to recharge. For some people, it might be going for a run or taking a nap mm-hmm. or reading a book, but Having those areas, and if the way your spouse recharges is probably going to look different from your recharging. So it's not like a cell phone where it's it's kind of one charger for every single iPhone. Your spouse and you, it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. So let them recharge in their own way. But when that area of recharging actually becomes an imbalance and an escape, it's no longer about recharging. And it's about really finding identity, finding purpose, finding pleasure, um, to an unnatural degree in something that is not helpful and is not building up your relationships. And and then in the long run, it actually doesn't charge you. It, it drains you and makes you less effective for your spouse and for the people who need you more. And so the, the first place to look is the mirror, looking in the mirror before you're looking at, well, my spouse is doing this or that, to look at yourself and say, is there any part of my life where I'm escaping in an unhealthy or unnatural way? And some escapes are like clearly out of bounds, clearly sinful, like pornography, which was a struggle for me years ago. And, and you know, I remember what it felt like to be caught up in that, that toxic form of escape. Um, and if that's you, we've got a lot of resources here at XO that can help you with that. But sometimes it's, it's less obvious because it's something that, you know, this isn't bad. This is, this is fine. This is harmless. But to just look at your, your schedule, look at your budget, saying how much money, how much time, how much energy, how much thought am I devoting to this thing? And am I getting a return on investment for that? Like, what's the ROI? Mm-hmm. Is it making me better or is it mm-hmm. pulling me away from people? So start with you. And if there's any part of your life where you're doing that, um, then confess it and say to your spouse, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I'm even if they've never pointed it out to say, I, I feel like I'm spending too much time over here. And as I really consider it, I felt convicted by that, and I want to be at my best for you. And I'll still do that some because I enjoy it and because in small doses I think it's even good for me. But um, I, I just want you to know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more intentional. I'm asking for you to help hold me accountable there. And it might lead to some good conversations where they might be more willing to talk about areas where they're imbalanced. But if you start out the conversation by pointing at your spouse saying, you're doing this too much, then they're going to get defensive. It won't be as productive. So whenever you can, start mm-hmm. with start with yourself. 
And I would just add, too, that it's, you know, you talked about Taiwan, how sometimes people will escape because they're trying to avoid hard questions and hard conversations. And I, I would just say avoidance never solves anything. Like, it's just like the whole, like, sweep it under the rug. It, it always comes back out. Like, it's still there, and you have to deal with it. Yeah. And honestly, with most situations, the longer you wait to address something, the worse it gets. Like, it makes it worse. And it's becoming the bigger elephant in the room. Like, you're feeding the elephant in the room, and it's suffocating you. Yeah. And so I would just say you've got to start somewhere with just, you know, having those talks. And, and I love how Dave said start with yourself. Um, maybe, maybe it's something you're keeping inside, like a, maybe a hidden sin or something that you need to confess. Maybe it's something you're worried about, like that you're just afraid to share with your spouse because you don't think they can handle it. Or it's something you're dealing with that you're like, I need to deal with this on my own. Don't believe those lies because I'm telling you, the enemy gets a foothold that way. And as, as Christian people, you know, we want to, Jesus wants us to live in freedom. And so first I would say the first place to go is pray about this. Because it takes courage to have these conversations. And so bring it to the Lord. I mean, he already knows about what's going on with you. But bring it to the Lord and say, like, listen, I, I've been keeping this stuff in. Lord, help me to have the courage to start somewhere in, in unloading this, you know, so that I can share this burden, whatever it is you're dealing with, with my spouse. Because I don't want this to be the thing that is, is between us. And, um, and, and Lord, help me. When I feel like escaping, when I feel like hitting that escape button through gaming, through whatever it is. Um, you know, help me to, to remind, remind me in that moment to call my spouse, to text my spouse, to have a, a bit of that conversation. Because I do think that it's amazing. We, we avoid these conversations because we think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. And they, they might, if it's, you know, when you're confessing something that you've been keeping hidden, it's those kind of conversations are hard and they can be awkward and even ugly. But what happens on the other side when you choose to work through it is such, um, perspective, relief, yeah. uh, it can be cathartic, and it can really put you on a new path that is uh, such a better path, you know, whereas when you're dancing around this issue all the time, you're literally spinning in circles. And so, um, yeah, I would start with, with praying to the Lord and, and really bring your spouse into the picture. Good advice. That's great. Great stuff. Good question. Okay, we're going to have one more question here. Um, I like this question. It says, I have taken a new position at work that comes with a title and new responsibilities. My husband seems jealous and always has something to say about my new job or why I don't go back to work. Um, I still take care of our two children and take them to school, pick up sports, doctor's appointments in the house and help with the yard work. How do I help him see that I am on his team? And I think this is important because as we live in a society now where you know, both spouses are working, sometimes there is a, uh, a need, a felt need for um, the wife to, you know, she might have a passion for career. She may have a passion for, you know, moving and her goals are more career motivated. Um, making sure she doesn't uh, leave her husband behind, you know, in that moment, but also feeling good about the fact that she's providing and she's doing some things that may feel good about, you know, her trajectory in life. So speak into some of those dynamics for, yeah. for a couple. And can I, can I make a shameless plug real quick before we start? This question actually yeah, yeah. came from the Naked Marriage Podcast Q&A response reports. So we don't just do this on Q&A live. We can send them in, and we do Fridays, I mean, Absolutely. Wednesdays, hump days. There it is, Q&A. And David actually answer your question. So keep going into the podcast. I, I think it's good. I, everywhere. I, the re, that's the reason I put it up there, because I think people want to hear from you guys um, you know, more often than not. And your podcast is, is popular for a reason, because y'all are real, you talk real. And uh, I definitely feel like this is, for me personally, a good look at the, the normal for 
uh, couples out there, you know, the, the lives that we're all living. And this is a great question to, to, to address. And so um, I'm, I'm, I teed it up for you. Just just hit it out of the park. <laughs> Go ahead. Honey. Hey, that's that's good. Well, before we answer, thanks. Thanks to both of you guys. Yes. Brent and Taiwan for just, you know, your partnership in us talking about the podcast and these other things. But like Taiwan, you're an amazing producer. We love doing the podcast with you. Uh, you do amazing work, Brent. You're an incredible visionary leader. Like none of none of this stuff would be happening without you guys. So so thank you for le- just letting us be along for the ride. And for those who are listening and sending in questions, you know we love and appreciate you guys. You yes, know we're all we learning together. We're on this journey together, and we we appreciate you. And so yeah, that's that's tough um, because you know the, for the wife, she wants her husband's support. She wants to know that she has a partner who's cheering her on. And when all of a sudden he feels threatened by her success, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, that's a really difficult and delicate dynamic. And it's nuanced, you know, not knowing these people, not knowing these individuals and kind of maybe their own history individually and together as a couple that might lead to where they are now and, um, the, you know, the backstory. I don't know if he has felt in the past that maybe she has consistently chosen other things over. Yeah, we don't know. You know, um, and and now this promotion just feels like she's continuing to run in that direction where she's choosing other things more so than than marriage and family, making him feel left behind. Maybe not in a competitive way where he's insecure and feeling like, oh no, she's outpacing me, but more in a, you know, we need to talk about these decisions. And she's she's just running through every opportunity when she's maybe doing it at the expense of home. A husband could be doing that as well. It could be right. chasing career goals. It might not be that. It might be just his insecurity, right? Where and that's what I think from her perspective. That's, that's what she's seeing. I think that's what she's yeah, what right. she's seeing. Yeah, that's because she's like I'm pitch like I'm his partner. Right. I'm doing that all this stuff. Word she used. Yeah. But he's wanting. Right. He's, he's got a he has got a very specific vision for me. Right. That I'm that doesn't fit my skill set, my dreams, my desires, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to thrive in, in these other ways to spread my wings to use all the gifts God's given me to provide for the family in every way that I can while still being present as much as possible. But I feel like I'm letting him down. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. all these things, but I'm letting him down. And when you feel like you're, you're constantly disappointing your spouse, that's an unsustainable dynamic. It is. And I mean, she said that she just got like this new title and like a promotion, right? Am I, is mm-hmm. that what she said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is an exciting time for her, you yeah. know? And I think when you have this exciting time, I'm sure a lot of hard work went into this. Congratulations, have, by yes, the congratulations. Way. But to have um, your your you know love of your life not be excited for you is a huge. That's that's like so disappointing. So, um, you know, I I would say this. I would. You just have to get honest. I know we talk about that all the time, but you really do and say like, listen. I am so excited about this position and I would never do anything at the expense of our family. Yeah. I, I want to be partners in this. This is something I've worked towards for a long time. Why is it that, you know, what, what is it that makes you not excited about this? Like, is it the additional time it might require? Is it honestly the fact that maybe I've advanced and maybe you haven't had a promotion in a while? Uh, I mean, not to point it out, but I right. mean, maybe that is, I mean, I think sometimes we, we need our spouse to say like, to level with us and be like, is it because you've been waiting on one and you haven't gotten it and all of a sudden I'm getting this because, you know, I want that for you too. I want that. I want you to have, you know, to achieve your dreams as well. I would, I would ask him those things and say, listen, cause I, 
I'm trying to do the best I can here. I want to be, you know, a, a great worker um, outside the home and inside the home. We're we're in this together, you know. But I don't. I, I need to understand why you're not excited for me, yeah. and, and just really let him speak into it. I mean, there may be something that he's just not sharing. Um, I don't know what it is. Again, there's 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 a lot of nuance to this, so I, I don't know all the details. But I think, uh, you know, as long as as you can be honest, and I think, you know, what I hear you saying kind of in this question is that you just really want, you want to be partners in this, and you don't want to feel guilty about wanting to achieve, you know, yeah. and, and maybe it is that you're really an achiever, and maybe he's not as much an achiever, and I don't know. I think there's a lot of things to explore here, but I would really ask him those questions just at a, you know, not not in an angry way. I mean, make sure you both are in, in a good headspace, but just to understand, because it sounds like you don't, it's hard to understand where he's coming from on this. Yeah. And if, but the bottom line is that you're on two different pages, right, you have different perspectives. Right. Uh, you both feel like you're maybe letting the other down right now. And whenever you get in that kind of dynamic, I think it's so helpful to meet with a counselor, a Christian counselor yes, yes. or someone on our team here at XO, which, which are just amazing trained prayer warriors, marriage mediators who can come alongside you and just, talk you both through it to kind of where you both feel heard Mm -hmm. where you can find the common ground and you can together create some goals for the future. So if you would be interested in that, both this couple and any couple listening, um, I think it would be such a benefit for you to have a conversation with one of our mediators. They are incredible people. They are the stars of this team. And um, you can go to xomarriage.com slash help and get all the information there. Um, Or if, if that's, if, if you don't do that, then, then sit down with a, with a trusted mentor or Christian counselor in your area, somebody who, who has no agenda other than wanting to help you both thrive in your marriage and, and work through that with them. Because when you get to an impasse like this, don't just stay stuck trying to figure it out on your own. Um, sit down with somebody, and that can make all the difference. Yes, it can. For Really, for both of you, because, again, I think that we want to make sure our spouse you know, whatever it is. We talked about gaming. We talked about jobs. We've talked about a lot of different things. I think where a lot of times spouse can feel, a spouse can feel disappointed, you know, whereas the other spouse is excited is when we have two different ideas of what the marriage is supposed to look like. Yeah. And, um, and maybe, maybe the time investment is off as far as like the family time and the time with your spouse. But we don't, unless we're honest about these things, we won't know. And I do think mediators and counselors really help to get to the heart of the, the root issue. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Thank you, guys. Uh, so I actually have sure. more more questions than we have time. So I don't. This is kind of a lunch and learn for some people out there. I hope they've been been blessed by uh, tuning in today, listening to Dave and Ashley. If you're on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. It helps the channel. It's an easy way to support EXO Marriage. And also, uh, I want to say, you know, there's a book out by the lovely people on the screen there called Married into the Family, and it's a it's a fantastic book that Dave and Ashley really spent a lot of time and energy putting into their uh, putting in the, into the book the, the wisdom they've learned over the years, both by having relationships with in-laws that have been ups and downs and you know, different seasons of life through, through that, but also ministering to so many couples out there that deal with in-law issues. And I will just say that you're either dealing with them now or you will deal with them in the future. It's not something that, that I know of that is, is perfect in every situation. There's going to be times where boundaries are crossed, or there's a dynamic there that's unhealthy, and this really does give you the tools and the resource you need to, uh, to help build strong relationships with your in-laws while also protecting your marriage family. Um, and then you guys are doing a lot with uh, parenting now with this as well, so you're marriage and parenting experts, and we're, we're, we're 
uh, putting out a podcast. So we have the Naked Marriage podcast, and then we have Parenting Uncovered with Dave and Ashley. So please check those podcasts out if you love what you're seeing and hearing today. Um, again, Taiwan's kind of helped put so those together as well. And the team here at Exo Marriage is, we're all very proud uh, of, of the content that's coming out to you, but I just want you to know it's available. We don't want to uh, produce it and you not know about it, so we're letting you know everything that's out there. Some great resources from Dave and Ashley. Please check them out. Uh, also, we have Lakeland coming up, Lakeland, Florida. So Exo Marriage in Lakeland, the, the, the Dave and Ashley live experience. If you haven't seen them live, you'll want to see them live. Go to exomarriage.com forward slash conferences and you can see the list of lineups. But um, in February at Fellowship Church, we're almost sold out there. So if you want to come spend a weekend with us, Valentine's Day weekend, please get your tickets there as well. And I'm doing all the housekeeping because I, I really want people to understand all that we're doing and making sure that they're um, uh, on the uh, on the cusp of taking advantage of all the offers that we have. I'm a marketer, so I'm wearing yeah. the hat. I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> I'm all XO. I'm drippy XO. Stuff. Our, yeah. Come, guys. Yeah. Our, our XO conferences are the most fun weekends it's so of the year. Fun. We, we learn a lot. We laugh yeah. a lot. We love meeting you guys in person and hugging you and hearing your stories. And I'm telling you, these are the best marriage events anywhere. I know I'm a little bit partial, but um, this this team puts together amazing, amazing yes. live events in partnership with some amazing churches all around the country. And we would love for you to come. And if, if you, um, you know, if you can't come to one of ours, but maybe you're at a church uh, that, that would be interested in hosting one of our EXO marriage events, then reach out and let our team know that because, uh, you know, that might, that might be a possibility too, but, but come to one of these events. I'm t- you men, especially, I think we men here like marriage conference. That sounds lame. I'm not going to go <laughs> guys. I promise you, you're going to go, you're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. Your wife is going to love it. You're going to leave feeling closer to her, closer to God. And you're going to have way more fun, way more fun than you would have been doing at home. So, so yeah. the so percentage come. chance that you're going to have sex after an exo conference goes way up. I'm just telling you. There it goes. Way up. There it is. <laughs> That's not guaranteed. I, I didn't say 100%. The chances just the go up. The chances go up. You're telling me there's a chance and there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. You're going to invest hey, in your I also have an exo live exclusive. We talked about this on the Naked oh. Marriage podcast, but exo Naked Marriage live tour. Keep your ears posted. Yes. We're That's coming. Right. We may be coming to a city That's near right. you. So... Stay, stay yeah. tuned. I love it. I love it. Stay um, tuned. I can't wait. I'm super pumped about that. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Dave and Ashley, for, for hopping on today, answering some questions, giving everyone more of your words of wisdom and, and spreading the marriage love out there. Thanks for joining. EXO uh, Live will be coming out to you every week, and we're trying to do these live live so that you can ask your questions and you can get real-time um, advice and what's happening. So prayers for Israel, and I uh, hope everyone has a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.